Amen. Well, I don't know what the Lord's going to do. I'm going to be honest with y'all. We, I just want to share something. It's kind of funny. when uh, At the encounter, I kind of took a hit, and I'm not giving the devil any praise. It's just uh, it's different for me. And when I left, I've been in a battle this week, and this message I just knew was from God. I had all day like yesterday, and I don't know if any of y'all that like pastor... The enemy really come against it. I mean, first time, and I couldn't tell you how long, I had all day uninterrupted, just sit before the computer, just study, and uh, couldn't get into it. So that tells me there's probably something here the Lord wants y'all to know. And I mean, I was even asking this morning up to the last minute, God, is there something else? And he won't release me. And I'll tell you something funny. It's kind of, I think it's comical. Y'all may not, but... You know, that song was ministering to Eric so much. You know, honestly, I used to make the statement, if I went the rest of my life and never heard another hymn, I'd be happy. Because <laughs> I grew up around that stuff. And I mean, there's just something that used to when I was younger and in church, I wish they'd hurry up through the music so I could get to the preaching because I don't like that stuff. And I praise God when I found out there was actually Christian rock and roll and contemporary Christian and all that. I know it ministers, don't get me wrong. So I'm sitting back there this morning in Bible study, and Justin, y'all start practicing that. And I said, not today. Of all days, you're going to do that today. So God's working on me. Amen. Y'all join me in prayer. Father, I just come before you today, and I give you the praise. I thank you for our worship and Justin and everybody being obedient to the call of the Lord, Father God. And I just thank you for Kim sharing her anointing, Father, and and I just thank you right now that we're going to minister your word. And I just ask, Father God, that it comes straight from the anointing. And Lord, that none of it is of me and it's all of you. Father, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, sir. I know it's pretty stout, isn't it? Amen. Yeah, I got to preach a message the first part of the month about it. not only is God able, He's willing. I told y'all we'd kind of tie in. And uh, where He had led me, as a matter of fact, a woman even touched on the encounter, and I've been hearing about it. But God gave me a word one morning back there in the coffee shop, and it was the vine dresser prunes the vine. The vine doesn't prune itself. And then when you dig in and start, we're going to read in John 15... When you truly read the parable and what Jesus was saying, actually it should be the branches are pruned by the vine dresser. But y'all bear with me. It wasn't what I heard that morning. So I'm going to go with what I heard and we'll go from there. But we're going to start in uh, John chapter 15 verse 1. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth. And that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. They bring, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch as it is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. 
Herein my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so that you may be my disciples. For God, God gave me this. To, this is where we're starting. It says, for God to be willing in your life, you have to be a branch in the vine. And as I was sitting there thinking this morning, and I was praying in the shower, God gave me a word, and I shared it with the guys in the coffee shop. Do you realize if you're saved, you woke up in the new man? The Bible tells us God's mercies renew every morning. And it really doesn't matter what happened yesterday is gone. But when you woke up, you're automatically in the new man. Now, by choice of anything that happened up to now, you can either choose to stay in it or walk out of it. You can still be in it. And the choice is yours the rest of the day. But the only way to be a branch in the vine is in the new man. Because 1 John 3, 9 says what? Whatever is born of God cannot sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. And if you didn't understand the parable, God is the vine dresser. He's the husband. He's the farmer in this deal. We may not understand some of the words, but everybody understands farming around here. He's the one that prepares the soil, that does everything. And Jesus is the vine. He's actually the root. He's the foundation of the plant. Jesus is the rock. Amen? And then us, we're the branches. God showed me, he said, I plant you and take care of you. If we are truly dead to the old, we are in Jesus and we're growing. And not of ourselves, but of him. So as I was asking God about that, I said, so how are we going to grow? What is this? Because, you know, I would really like to think, I've been seeing some stuff going on and sitting back watching. I don't know if y'all realize it, but I watch the body. I watch people and I see a lot of this stuff that's going out. And uh, actually, what I'm, that's been hurting my spirit is, you know, in a charismatic crowd, we got a lot of slang, a lot of terminology, and we understand that, but we've got head knowledge, not heart knowledge. If y'all know what I'm talking about, you know people that'll say, oh, well, you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, but they've probably never been baptized in the Holy Ghost in their life. That's just an example. Well, now this message is being taught enough that you're hearing new and old. As a matter of fact, on the radio, I've heard everybody from Charles Capps, Papa Hagen, Joyce Meyer... Keith Moore, I can give you a list. They're all preaching the difference in the old and the new. But there's a lot of people throwing the old soul, old man slang out here, and they still don't have revelation in their heart. I've even seen it in the encounters. Sorry, I mean, I, I'm being honest with you. all I'm, I'm here to share. I mean, now I'm not saying this last one, it was good, but I'm saying what phone calls, things that have happened, stuff that I've set back and witnessed. And I'm not saying people are not trying that's not what I'm saying. But we still see a manifestation of the old and they think they're in the new. And so that's deception. Amen? So as I was praying, I said, God, how can we really grow in this? How can we grow in the new man? And he says, you need to understand there has to be a feeding. You feed the plant to get it to grow. Amen? So how... And I know that Jesus is the vine, but bear with me. If we're going to go with the original statement that... The Father is the vine dresser, and we're the vine. I know the Word says Jesus is actually the vine, but we can get really, if we're in Him, He's in us, we're all part of it, okay? So don't get theological on me here, just bear with me. But you plant the vine, and you got to feed it. You have to water it. You have, there's so many things you have to do. And what, I said, Lord, what's part of, part of the feeding? He says, it's my presence, first and foremost. He gave me Acts 3.19, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. 
How many times as Christians do we sit in the presence of the Lord and be refreshed? Be still and know that I'm God. When we get our guns cocked and we got this going on, y'all may not, but I can go wholehearted and not even realize I run right past God. I'm out here preaching. I'm doing whatever. And unless God shuts me down, I don't even realize I missed Him a few miles back because I'm going to do good things for God. And I'm walking in the new man. I'm going to share the word. Well, if you're disobedient, you're not in the new man. So how do you get refreshed? How many ministers do we got out there now that are run down, wore out? And I'm saying ministers, not just pastors and preachers, but people in the body that are completely wore out. And it's because they're not spending time in the presence. Amen? And some of it is through worship. Do you spend time at your house and worship with the Father? I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to bring condemnation. I'm just asking, how's the best way you choose for the presence? Sometimes me, it's just driving around praying in tongues. But how do you stay in the presence of God? If you're not staying in His presence, you're not being fed. And He gave me the Word, which we know John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Verse 14 says, The Word was made flesh. I know not all of us are teachers and stuff like that, but I honestly think if you're not staying at some part, somehow, some way in the Word, speaking the Word, getting the Word in you, have something to do with the Word because the Word is Jesus. If you're not in the Word, you're not in the vine. You're not being fed. We've got a church full of Christians out there that don't even know where Genesis is in the Bible. And if you can't figure that out, there's a problem. They don't know the Word of God. In our armor in Ephesians 6, it talks about the Word of God is our sword. How are you going to fight off the devil, fight off things that happen in your life in today's times if you don't have the Word in you? So if you're not taking some Word in, you're not going to grow. And then he showed me fertilizing. You can't, you know, you can grow a, a pretty decent plant sometimes without fertilizing. But man, if you'll put the fertilizer on it, what happens? It gets bigger, it's better, it's more flourish, it's beautiful. And I said, well, and, and the Lord just said it boosts the growth. I said, okay. Well, I said, what's part of the fertilization process? He said, action. Action will fertilize. Now listen to me, don't shut me out before we get through this. But it says, even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say that thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by works. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou dost well, the devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? We know we're not going to work to get to heaven. But do you believe what you're speaking? There is a work process involved in that. If you believe God heals by prayer, do you pray for people? That doesn't say you spend all your time in the hospital praying. But if you don't step out and pray, you're not activating your faith. And I'll say this again. Yes, some of us are blessed with a gift of faith. But we're all given a measure of faith. And it's like a muscle. And if you don't use it, it will not grow. And the only way you can use that is to enact it, to put it out there. And I guarantee you, you see people, well, like we was talking to Jim this morning. He comes in, tells us what happened in Africa. Those of us that went before it stirred up something because we've been there. And you start testifying and you start prophesying and you start talking about the great things that God's allowed to do through you to the body. And it stirs something up. 
you start growing. Because what you've read in the Word is manifesting in your life. Amen? But if you're just going through life and you're not putting any of your beliefs to action, you're not going to grow. Do you truly believe that... I don't know, I mean, there's so much that's stirring in me this morning, guys. I've just got so much I could sit here and just go like a dadgum machine gun all over the place. And I don't want to do that. I really want to pinpoint it and try to, 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 to tell you what's going on. But if you don't, even in your own home, okay, let's just be honest. I didn't want to go here, but I am. Thank you, Lord. We can come to church and look holy. We can say the words. We can do the things. But at home, do you live what you show? Do you live what you preach? That's acting out in faith. We were talking at the coffee shop yesterday, and Alan said something that really moved me. And I knew, you know, me and Alan, we're a lot alike in a lot of ways. And I knew, and it really rocked me because it's like, yeah. And we're talking about how people are under bondage and things are going. And we got to talking about sports and different things. And don't get on me, I'm not on sports. But he was talking about, like, I asked him, we were talking about, like, football, for instance, and, and how it takes so much of our children, and not only in that, but when they're so involved in sports, and then so much in school, and then where does Jesus fit in, and all this other stuff, you know, because as grown men, it's our job to be leaders of the home and stuff, so you've got to find a happy medium. So I listen to men that are already parents. We throw it out there. We're trying to suck this stuff in to see where is the road for you. And he said, you know, if most men would go up and tell the coach that you don't have my kid on Sunday evening, that you don't have him past these certain times, that you're going to have him, you know, he's going to go to church, he's going to come home, he's going to do his homework. This is the time frame you can have my child, otherwise you don't get it. Well, what would happen? Most of them would be kicked off the team. But if you're a man of God and that's what you believe in your home, that may be your right to stand up and go to that. Amen? Because I told him, I really believe if they laid it out there for a lot of the students in today's times, if the coach stood up there and the parents said, we're all in agreement, if you want to play and it's all what you want to do, stay and let's have a good team. If your heart's not in it, y'all leave and find something else. A lot of our athletic programs would shut down. Because I believe parents are living through their kids in a lot of ways, and I see kids out there, that are, and there's some that are naturally athletic gifted, and they, they excel at it, and praise God for it. But sometimes we make it such a, a little G-God to us that we push people into that. And, and I really think that how can your child see Jesus in you if you're trying to live through them doing that? I'm sorry, but I mean, I, I'm going where God's leading me on this, y'all. I, I just, I want that to, you know... Your kids know you. You can buffalo me unless God gives me a word, but your kids know what's going on in your home. Especially if you're a minister and I stand up here and I share the word of God and I tell you what he's laid on my heart, but if I don't live it at home, my kids see me as a hypocrite. And they're not going to put much faith into what dad says because he's two-faced. And also another part of the fertilization process is once again the Word. You cannot grow without the Word. It's the living Word. You have to get in it. You have to put it in your... If all of us will be, speak the truth, the same scriptures we read when we first got saved we read now mean something completely different. 
And like Dorman, he made a statement that God told him, now go back and read the parts that aren't underlined. If we would really read the whole deal and just take it in, there's no telling what we'd get. I get revelation all the time. I feed off the people that I'm around. I go back to the Word. And it don't always mean the same that it did, even though you gleam off of that, but there's always something new, some aspect. And if you're not pouring it in, it's not going to help you grow. And we're not talking about heaven or hell. We're talking about a fulfilling life right now. We talk about the old and the new, and I'm trying to help you grow in the new. Amen? And then God showed me the next process was water. You've got to water the plant. Watering's the Holy Ghost, people. Ephesians 5.26, that he may sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. The word is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, try whom God hand. We all know they're all combined. But if you don't have a personal one-on-one relationship with the Holy Ghost, you're going to have a hard time growing. You only go to a certain level, and that's it. You're still on milk. You're not going to see, unless God so choose, do something, the mighty move of God or, or something like that. I mean, you've got to have a personal relationship with Holy Ghost as part, not just of the try whom God had, but as a personal friend. And the more time you spend in His presence, the more you grow. You know, I asked Kim this morning, or I, when I knew I was going to preach today, I said, I want you to sing something a special or something. And she said, why? I said, could you please? And I'll tell you why, because... I don't know if it's because we're one or what, but the woman's anointed to sing. And when she sings like that around the house, I gleam off the presence of the Holy Ghost. And I knew I wanted to feel him before I got up here. I'm not saying that our worship don't get us there, but I just know the intimacy that I feel when my wife is worshiping and praising the Lord in our own home. And I wanted to hear that before I stood up behind the mic, and I wanted to feel the stir of the Holy Spirit inside of me. I told her, I said, I'm going to use your anointing this morning. You can use off mine, but I want to use off yours. Because I've understood the presence of the Holy Ghost in my life. And then here comes the part that none of us like. Pruning. In 15.2 it says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth. Which means he cleanses it, he purifies it, he, he loves it, and, and may it bring forth more fruit. The Father does all the pruning, y'all. Through the word, study, and conviction of the Holy Ghost. He will also use our authorities. Just because you're in the new man does not give you the right to prune anyone. It's real easy to go around and when you've got a revelation or you believe you're somewhere and you want somebody to get there, it doesn't give you the right to prune them. There are some that are in this room that, like Dorman's... So over my, my ministry, but not only that, he's my father in the spirit. He has right to speak into my life. There are certain men in this body that have right, and when they do, if it causes a pruning, so be it. But I'm not just going to take pruning from anybody. By the leading of the Holy Spirit, there's a group of men that I allow to speak into my life. They're my authorities. Your authorities are there for a reason. But I don't go to you and prune unless I have a right to speak into your life. And then try, try to be nice. Some of y'all don't think so, but I do. I say, God's showing me this. 
There's a friend of ours that was back there this morning, and God got all over me, and I told him, I said, your biggest problem more or less is yourself. That's kind of cutting it, but I was trying to lay it out there. You're dealing with this. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to prune, but I seen him hurting, and I wanted him to rise up to walk where God's called him to walk. And if you open the door, if you don't want to know what God's showing me, don't ask. But I will be more than happy to help you. But I try not unless I feel the leading of the Holy Spirit or know that it's my call to come speak into anybody's life. I would like to think there isn't anybody in here that I've spoken into your life unwillingly or against your will. And if it is, I apologize to you. We have to realize this is all a growing deal. And we're all learning how to operate in our gifting and grow. But there's a lot of people out there that think they've got the right to cut the body to pieces. And I'm tired of it. You're not all that. I'm serious. I've seen some walk around with their chest puffed out. I'm in the new man, da-da-da-da-da. And I said, well, what I'm seeing is not new, man. It's because they've got a revelation. They want to share it. And I know they want to help. And they may be motivated right. But you're still seeing a manifestation of the old. Amen? The only way walking in the new is going to grab a hold for the people who are around is if they actually see us doing it. And they see a manifestation of it in our life. Now, we mess up. We all know that we have our fits and things happen. And I had to call Dorman this week. I said, I'm battling. He says, it's just the devil. Well, I know that. And it's what's bad is when you know it, but you just need that voice to say, you're all right. Because he hits it the quick. And I'm tough. I can handle a lot of that stuff. But boy, when you least expect it and things are happening all around you, sometimes you need a voice of reason in your life to say, you're okay. But I was really vulnerable that at a point if somebody would have come in, it would have been a bloody mess. I'm being honest with y'all. I mean, I feel like I can. Because it's something we all battle. And so for the first part of the week, it was touch and go, which man we were going to see. And not because I chose that, but when your mind's occupied and all this stuff's hurting and you've got all this stuff going and you're in spiritual battle and you're seeing, sometimes we're not paying attention to what's going on around us and it's real quick to react. And like Dorman's been trying to teach me, I try not to react now. I try to wait and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and then go from there. Because a lot of times when I react, it's not best for the body or anybody else. Amen? If you don't have any of the above, I've just told you, is about watering, fertilization, all that, you're going to die, and it's not the death that you want. It's not the death to the old, it's the death to the spirit man. Maybe you'll make it to heaven, but if you don't nurture that soul, if you don't nurture that vine and you don't take care of it, anybody in here plant a yard, they plant stuff, and you know what I'm talking about. If it's not handled right, what happens? It dies. And when it dies, what the Bible tells me, I mean, I'll get there in a minute. But I was praying about that death because I don't like it. I see my body hurt and I see the death out there. And he showed me there's two types of death. There's a death by choice. It's like suicide. You wilt and die and you're not plugged in. You get offended, you leave the church, you leave the Bible study, you leave the men and women of God in your life. So by your choice, you walk away, you're going to die. Because you don't have that coming in. 
It's your choice whether you pick up your Bible. It's your choice what you do if you receive correction. A lot of that's part of it. We don't want to receive correction, so we won't be around anybody because we know we're sinning, and the last thing I need, you know, is dormant to say, get over it or something like that. I want a pity party, amen? But it's by my choice if I walk away, and there's another death. It's a death by lack. It's lack of knowledge, as Hosea 4, 6 says. My children perish for the lack of knowledge. If you don't know the will of God in your life, if you don't know the Word, if you don't know Jesus, and you don't know where you're at, you can't grow, and you're choosing through your own ignorancy to die. And that is also your choice, and it's not a good death. You may go to heaven, but you'll see no spiritual fruit. But the thing of it is, what God showed me in verse 6, it says the death leads to the fire. And I wrote down here, this death leads to the fire in verse 6. I don't understand all that, but I know this, I don't want it. Can I be honest with you? I don't want to wilt and die and fall off the vine and be thrown in the fire. How about y'all? That don't sound good to me, and I don't think Jesus was just talking for his own benefit to hear his voice. He was trying to teach them something. We can do nothing without the vine, as John 15, 5 and 7 tells us. But he's not a puppet, guys. This is a promise to fulfill your life abundantly, as it says in John 10, 10, Psalms 37, 4, Philippians 4, 19. But we take these scriptures and we try to twist them around and make God our puppet. And he's not a puppet. But he's going to take care of you. He's going to hold you in. He's going to love on you. In those scriptures, we know John 10, 10. Thief cometh but to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But I come to give you life more abundantly. Thirty Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. Philippians 4, 19. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We look at this as a big bank account and things like that, but that's not always how God does it. But He meets your needs. He meets you where you're at. If you put too much water on that plant, you'll drown it. You throw too much fertilizer on it, you're going to burn it up. But He, as the husband, as the farmer, as the vine dresser, He does just enough of everything so that you grow, if you'll let Him. Dorma, I come up and asked Him one time, I said, why am I not always in the Word? What happened here? Well, you're in a different season. You know, I mean, each one of us go through different seasons. You've got to be willing to admit that God's pouring into you each time in a different season, but be, just be willing to receive the season. Amen? <clears throat> and out of this growth will be fruit. Galatians 5.22, we all know. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there's no law. And I don't know, I think I heard it from Dorman, or we talked about it one time. I heard somewhere that you know, if that's really the fruit of the Spirit is love and then everything else flows out of love. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I needed to learn to flow in love. And so if I'm actually loving, then I'm strong in the vine. Amen? And the rest of it will, fall, will be a part of that. Romans fourteen seventeen: The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If I'm in the vine, I know I'm already righteous. I'm led forth in peace, and I have a joy. And then Mark 16, 17, we can all talk about, we know it. These signs will follow them that believe. If that stuff's happening behind you, then you're in the vine, and you're growing. 
Maybe you're not called to heal the sick, but I guarantee there's always somebody that needs some ministry to them. And you know how to cast out demons. You know how to pray. If it's not happening and falling behind you, then maybe you're not plugged in like you need to be. Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel. You may not be a minister behind the pulpit, but you're called to be a minister, a disciple. And if you truly plugged into the vine, the fruit's going to show, amen. And somebody's going to know you know Jesus. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. When things are coming against you, the joy of the Lord will rise up. And I just wrote down here, and it says, The reason for the sermon that the Lord showed me, too many Christians think it's okay to judge and prune the body. Tell someone they're in the old or new to make themselves feel important. Or that they have arrived. All of this is pride or it's the old man. Excuse me. There's still a part in us that wants to be accepted. I caution you that if you're walking in the new man, you're not going to puff your chest out and say, life's easy, it's all here, everything's great and glory. I'm not saying God hadn't blessed you, but what I'm saying is, is there's too many people. One time me and Clay was talking, he says, we hear all this teaching on the old and the new, but I wish I knew how to walk in it. Can I be honest? Anybody else ever felt that way? Let's lay it out here where the rubber meets the road. Is that, we've got, and there's something, when somebody, and you can't deny this, somebody comes up a little haughty, a little prideful and say, it's all easy in the new man. Well, if you're having a day like I have sometimes, that might not be the best thing to say to me at that time. Honest? No one's completely arrived yet, y'all, but we're all brothers and sisters in Christ and we're, trying to attain that mark. And, and I, I see the body in this area, there's times that there's still deception going on. They think, okay, I got this. And all I ask is, excuse me, where's the fruit of the new man in your life? Are you flourishing? Are you growing? Or are you still in the same spot? Is it anything to do about you or is it all about him? Dorman always tells me, he says, you know, you're an old man once. I, 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 me, me, me. Shouldn't matter nothing about you, amen? I got some scriptures here about pride, but we all know that. But I'll tell you this, God hates pride. And there's a part of the body that at times, and I don't think, I would like to think that a lot of people just do it out of ignorance. Because I don't know about y'all, but there was a time in my life I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be the best at whatever I was. And if there's a new revelation come down the pike, I wanted it, and I was going to walk in it. But I hurt a lot of people in the process. If you're truly walking in the new and you're growing, you see how much more it all is about the Lord and none about you. And you care about the other person more than you do yourself. And maybe if somebody's struggling, you won't just tell them to walk in the new man. You'll meet them where they're at and help them into the new man. That's a word. Thank you. Father, I just come before you right now in the name of Jesus. And I say thank you, Lord. Father, use us. Help us. Anywhere that we're out of line in these new revelations and the things that you want for us, Father, I ask that you bring a conviction through the word, through authority, through whatever we need to be everything that you've called for us to be. Because you know what? It's really not about us. It's about you.
And I ask that you use us to the fullness, Father God. Teach us, train us, keep us surrounded in love, Father God. But keep the Holy Spirit just mentoring to us and touching us. And Father, let this word of the new soul reach ears again like it hadn't in years, Father God. Let it go forth and people walk forward in freedom and deliverance and the mighty strength of the Holy Spirit. Father, we know you're able but we also know you're willing. So I ask you, Lord, anywhere that any one of us falls short and are self-centered, show us and crucify that and let us walk forward in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.